First Corinthians chapter 12, as we continue on through the book of First Corinthians. Now I want you to notice, we did talk about the Lord's Supper from chapter 10 all the way through chapter 11. And that's, that's the teaching on the Lord's Supper. And if you stay in context, that's exactly what you get. Now this is not new truth. This has been there all along. And the reason that many things are not taught correctly is because they don't take, keep it into context. And by the same token, chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14 go together. You can't take one and leave the other. This, this is not a hodgepodge Bible. It's not a hodgepodge book. This is a letter, a continuous letter written to the church at Corinth by the same writer who was being inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he didn't write it a, here, a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here. I made this statement. I made it a long time ago too. And people get mad at me over it. If you've got a church that you can't preach all the counsel of God in it, you don't have much of a church. May not even be a church. I've had preachers say, oh, I can't preach that. I've had them say, well, I'm going to teach mine that. Ten years later, well, I'm going to start it. You're going to die before you ever get started, aren't you? Why, he that is of God heareth God's word, why would a child of God reject the word of God? Any part of it. Now he may not understand it, but he's not going to reject it. He's going to say, well, I need to study this more because I see what you're saying, but I don't know that I can... Uh, handle that now I need to study yeah you need to study and you need to be taught and you need to sit still and shut your mouth and open your ears who was said uh, the Lord gave you one mouth and two ears hearing the word of God there, and there is a famine of hearing it so don't be swift to hear Slow to speak and slow to wrath. And receive the word of God. And graft the word of God with meekness which is able to save your soul. That's what James says. So, chapter 12 begins our study in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. Amen. It doesn't. Start and stop with Acts 2. We see the event explained in Acts 1.8. That the church already, already organized, assembled, functioning church had to wait for the promise of the Spirit to be empowered, accredited, and indwelt. 
by the hold of the spirit of truth that Jesus promised would come when he left. He said, I'll send you another comforter. He did not send that other comforter to the world. That's church truth that came on the day of Pentecost. I don't believe that. Well, you need to get in the book and find out if that's true or not. Anyway, now Paul says, now, see, the, 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 subject, the subject changes. Now, concerning spiritual, you notice the word gifts is in italics. And spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, if you want to know what the following context is about, you don't have to do anything more than read the first verse of the 12th chapter concerning spiritual gifts. That's what our subject is. Now, you can't hodgepodge it. It is a continuum of teaching on the spiritual gifts or the things that came as a result of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now, now you're going to tell them something. Uh, Y'all know, ye, that you all were ethnos, Gentiles, or heathen. Remember, mamas used to say, yeah, that little heathen, get in here. But the word heathen, it wasn't heathen, it's heathen. Pagan, Gentiles, ethnos. You were these carried away, led away by it unto these idols. Dumb idols. Well, now the word is aphona. Voiceless, which is what in Isaiah, Jeremiah talked about those, those you carry them around, they can't see, they can't hear, they can't speak, they can't walk, they must be born, they must be carried, and yet you're carried away to them. Now that's where you were. Well, truth of the matter is we all were there that's where we came from even as you were led can you imagine being led by a piece of wood whether you whittle on it a little bit or not put a little paint on it or a piece of concrete or a piece of gold, or a piece of silver, a piece of brass. I see them hanging on wind, uh, rearview mirrors all the time. And that's, that's who's leading you back. Or what about this? What about old? Well, nobody knows who Jean Dixon is now, but she used to be the popper one on all this astrology, knowing the signs of the zodiac, and listening to what she has to say about what the future holds for you. And people set their lives by that. And Paul said, y'all were led away 
by dumb idols. Well, wherefore I give you to understand. He's going to take away their ignoramity. They're ignorant. And I would have not have you be. I'm going to cure your ignorance right now. That's how, what's a cure for ignorance? Knowledge. Amen. That no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can, can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, why would he say that right in, in introductory to this spiritual gift? Let me tell you why. I'm not going to say all because I've never heard all. But everyone I have heard, these charismatic, whether they're Holy Roly, Baptist, or Catholic, or anything in Methodist, every one of them, when they try to get people to talk in quote-unquote tongues, they say, that's the only way you can prove that you're saved. That's what they say. And they got people believing that. People in these churches believe that garbage. Paul completely settles the question right here. For all time and eternity, nobody is saved if they don't call Jesus Lord. And no man calls Jesus accursed by the Spirit of the Lord. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you're not saved. Amen. Without even a consideration of these spiritual gifts. You've got to understand this going into it. This is not a test of salvation. And as we get into here, we'll find out that the individual had nothing to do with the gifts. All right. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Diversities, differences, different gifts. The same Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Now, we got into it a little while back over that thing going on at Asbury. Made the statement that, that, that the Holy Spirit of God, as he came on the church on the day of Pentecost, is not over there. Oh, you're preaching heresy. No, the one saying that is preaching heresy. Amen. Jesus only promised the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the church that he built. Amen. Not one that Martin Luther or uh, Charles Wesley started or Alexander Campbell or anybody else. Only on the one that Jesus started. His kind of church. And that's why everyone who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, ought to be seeking out to be in the church 
that Jesus built, the kind of church that Jesus built. Now they don't do it. Many of them don't do it. They, they listen to preachers who don't know what they're talking about. Now I know I'm the big bad guy. Have been for years. And I know I've been accused of trying to get rich out here. Uh, believe me, I haven't. I haven't even tried to. I haven't even thought about it. But the ones are the ones are bad mouthing me over are rich. Isn't that amazing? I mean, probably millionaires. Really, really. Anyway, there are diversities of gifts, different gifts with the same spirit, and there are differences of administrations. Now, back here a chapter or so ago, we, we had uh, uh, administration of the gospel. And that's the same word, diakono, diakonio, or a. Differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Different times, different things. Well, did God's people have those gifts all the time? Of course not. Of course not. You see, when when the children of Israel under Joshua crossed into the promised land, do you know what happened? The manna ceased. That miracle bread ceased coming from heaven. And they had to eat of the old corn of the land. If it wasn't old corn, they wouldn't have had it. <laughs> but the manna ceased. Now you could get some of these holy, roly, Baptist, Protestant, charismatic idiots that'll tell you, oh, we need to pray for a miracle. We need to pray for a miracle. Pray that God send us a miracle. Well, they, they could have prayed until they all starved to death. And they couldn't have got another drop of manna. The manna ceased. God didn't work that miracle anymore. Now the Holy Spirit was in John the Baptist from the get-go. But didn't the Bible say that John the Baptist did no miracle here? So you have to understand there's differences of administrations. If you want to call that dispensation that's all right god spoke look at hebrews 1 god spoke at various times and divers ways unto the fathers by the prophets but hath in these last days done it differently through his son by the word doesn't do like he did that's like did elijah call down fire from heaven of course he did. Just exactly like the scriptures say. Say, well, I'm going to call down fire from heaven. You'll show yourself to be a fool. I could call it down if God told me to. But I have to admit to you, God has not told, told me to call down fire from heaven. He's told me to preach the whole counsel of God and serve him first. Amen. But he hadn't told me to call down fire. He told Elijah to do it, Elijah did it, and he did it. And it did what it's supposed to do. Now, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So there's lots of differences, 
going from the gifts themselves to the administration to the operations, but there's only one Lord, one Spirit. But now the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Now, I don't think that means every man without limitation. But to all whom have been given these gifts, it is for everybody's profit, for everybody's edification. All right, go on now. For to one is given by the Spirit. Now what Spirit? The same one we've been talking about. The Word of Wisdom. All wisdom. That's the beginning of wisdom. We're to seek after wisdom from God. But this is not the same thing. This is a specific gift Granted by the Holy Spirit to an individual to where they have a, an abundance of wisdom and they didn't go through anything to get it. To another, the word of knowledge. Well, wouldn't it be nice, you ladies in the nursing programs, wouldn't it be nice if you could just go in there and they cut open a little piece up there and they got a funnel and they pour all that information in there. Wouldn't that be nice? It just doesn't happen, though, does it? You got, you got to do it through here and through here, and you got to work at it to get it. That's just the way it is when you're a depraved human being. We don't have intuitive knowledge. But under the baptism of the Holy Spirit for a time, there was a gift of knowledge that you didn't have to study for it. It was right there. Wouldn't that be great? And that's all by the same Spirit. Well, to another, faith. Now, that's not, that's not saving faith. That's the gift of faith. Some people seem to exercise more faith than others. But if you had the gift of faith, it was extreme. It was obvious. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Now, everybody didn't have all of these. Also, a gift of healing. Some had the gift of healing. By the same Spirit to another, the working of miracles. That doesn't say what quality or what miracles. But miracles, I don't know. I don't know what they are. But somebody had, had miracle working power. And to another, prophecy. Now that's prophecy. Is uh, that can be prognostication? How many know that word? Prognostication. Pro means before, first, or before. Gnosis in the Greek, knowledge, knowledge beforehand. So a prophet who could tell what was going to happen tomorrow or in the future—that's prognostication. Some had that, but also prophecy is a gift of teaching. And that's what prophets did, mostly, was teach, all right? But this special gift, a special granted gift, to another discerning of spirits. Well, we know in in 1 John, he says, try the spirits of what sort they are. And so discerning means to, to understand, see what they are, discerning of spirits. So one of these gifts was 
was understanding the spirits that you're supposed to be trying. Some people could do that really well with this gift. And to another, divers or different kinds of tongues. Now the word tongue in the Greek is gloso. A word came out back in the 60s. And it was a Southern Baptist that, that brought it out. It was old, uh, I'll tell you, he was over at Woodland Avenue. Price, Walter K. Price. Anybody remember the name? Big Southern Baptist. And he wrote a big article in the Western Recorder of the Southern Baptist Magazine in this area, in this state. Glossolalia. See, that removed him from the common people. That put him up there with the educated people. But all that glossolalia was, was tongues, tongues. And he justified Baptists speaking in tongues. Well, they had different kinds of tongues, but this was a gift for a time. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Somebody preaching or speaking or teaching in a, another language, he wouldn't necessarily understand the language himself. But there are some that had the gift to understand, interpret. Now, if he was speaking your language, you didn't need a gift of, tongue, of interpretation. All right. So now these, you got wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, working of miracles, prophecies, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. There's nine gifts. I did, did yes, nine, okay. All right, now, we just had the gifts delineated. These are the gifts that showed up on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit immersed, or what Jesus immersed the church in the Holy Spirit, and to prove that he was there, the invisible spirit, they began to speak in tongues and exercise these gifts. Now, did everybody have them? And the word is emphatically, no. Well, verse 11 Different gifts, diversities, and all of that. But all these, in verse 11, worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now that every man doesn't mean everybody in the world. That means every man with whom this is concerned. Dividing to every man severally. Now, I don't make anybody hungry, but here I come, and I've got a hot pizza. Now, if I divided that several, now, number one is my pizza. I didn't buy it for anybody else but me. <laughs> but I take my pizza, and I give Christine a piece. Then I go to Rose, I give her a piece. Of course, I go to my wife and give her a piece. 
That's all. I'm going to eat the rest of it. Now, have I done anybody any harm? It was my pizza, and I divided it severally as I chose to. It was my pizza. I could give it or didn't have to give it to anybody. It was mine. I paid for it. It wasn't yours. Now, I would never do that. But you know what? I'm illustrating what this is. So what does it mean that the Holy Spirit divided these gifts severally as he will? He gave these gifts to whomsoever he willed to give them to. You could have prayed. You could have fasted. You could have cried. You could have beat yourself on the back. And you could not get the gift to speak in tongues. They were his gifts. They weren't yours. He divided them severally to whomsoever he would. It's like God does everything. So who's God select? Those which he chose. (laughs) Well, how about them apples? Same thing. Now, verse 12. For as a body is one and hath many members. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Church Church of Corinth. Now your body has many members. I don't know what's that little fellow's name that preaches and doesn't have any arms or legs. It was on Facebook here again. I've heard heard from him of him before. Uh, he's born without arms or legs. I don't know. I guess people must carry him and set him down, but he, he he does a good job preaching. He loves the Lord. I don't know anything else about him. So a body can function without all those without all the members, but it's very difficult. Very difficult. So you got a complete body. And it's all functioning together. The foot doesn't do what the hand's supposed to do. And the eye doesn't do what the tongue's supposed to do. Every member has its own part to play in the complete body. And that's what a church is. And that's what Paul is saying here. So everybody doesn't have the same thing. Everybody doesn't have these gifts. And everybody didn't have all these gifts. I think pretty much folks had, had one. Now, I think Paul might have had more than one as an apostle, but I don't think anybody else did. Now, for by one or with reference to one spirit, are we all baptized into one body? Now, the universal church people, universal invisible church people, They say that's what he's talking about. So what they say is when you're baptized, you're baptized in the universal invisible church. But then Charles Stanley said that you're, when you, when you are saved, that you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit then. None of them read the Bible. 
must not have. Anyway, for by one spirit or with reference to one spirit are we all baptized into one body. We all who? Oh, that's Church of Corinth, isn't it? He's talking to one body. And that's true of any of the Lord's churches, one body at a time. Whether they be, we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit in one body. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall save you, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Of course it's of the body. We don't need jealousy amongst members. Well, he's a foot, and I want to be, and I want to be a hand. No, we don't need that. You know, that's why we need to be content with where the Lord has put us and with what the Lord has given us. And if you had one of these gifts at the time, then you need to use it properly. Use it to honor the Lord. But if you didn't get one, you need to shut your mouth about it and do what you've got to do, what the Lord's given you to do. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, of course it is. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? <laughs> if everybody was an eye, then who would hear? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? If everybody was an ear, who would smell? And sometimes it's necessary to smell. But now hath God set the members... Every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. Amen. That's why we need to strive to get the members that God sends us. Amen. Amen. We don't need to make false, heretical pleas and conjured up deals to get people in a church. We don't do that. At East Sickman Baptist Church years ago, I got word that they were out at Taste Creek Estates, the trailer park, and other places out there, had a bunch of people going out and knocking on doors. And they were signing up associate members at the door of that house. They were literally making a church roll of associate members, and they got them from their house. They'd never been in church. Now, I don't know what they brought into church that time, but they already had a mess, and they made it a complete mess by that. We don't do stuff like that. Well, if we had, well, if we could get some singing groups out here, I don't even know any of them now. If we could get some singing groups out here, we could get a crowd out here. Yeah, you could. You really could. But what would you do with them? How would you get them here the next time? You'd have to have a bigger singing group. Because that's what you're getting them here for. That which is of the flesh is flesh. And that which is of the spirit is 
his spirit. So, now, <clears throat> verse 19, and if they were all one member, where were the body? If they were all the same member, you wouldn't have a body. You might have a, a hand. <laughs> what was that on that? Huh? Adam's family. What was his name? Huh? Couldn't do much with it, though, could you? It just had to stay right in that box, didn't it? <laughs> and the eye cannot say, unto the hand, I have no need of thee. If I had no hand, I couldn't pick that up. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And, boy, I'll tell you what, when you, when you don't have the feet you used to have, uh, you see what the problem is. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. What about your little toe? Has anybody ever stubbed their little toe? <laughs> Stub your big toe. But you need them all. And boy, when they hurt, do they ever hurt? That's what he's saying. The smaller members that seem to be more feeble. I don't want to lose my little toes. I don't want to lose my little finger, my pinky. Oh, you know what? Uh, Agag. Wasn't it Agag? Yeah, it took, it took those ten kings and he cut off their big thumb or the thumbs and their big toes. Well, now, try holding on to a sword with no thumb. I've got that big sword back there. Try holding on to it with no thumb. You can't swing a, a sword. You can't swing a hammer. And try walking without a big toe. <laughs> You're going to be mighty unstable on your feet. All right, so we need all of our members. Now, because of terrible accidents and uh, because of depravity and everything else, we lose some of them. And it's, it hurts. Uh, anyway, verse 23, And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Now he's talking about our members in the church. Now some have better raisins, some have better facilities, better advantages, some have better everything, and some don't. But I don't care who it is, I don't care what color they are, where they came from, if the Lord has saved them, they belong to the Lord. And if he's added them to our church, they're a brother and or sister in Christ, and we treat them the same. And you know what? If the Lord is in you, the Lord is in them. And he enables them. Now, I can remember one fella. He made a profession of faith. And he came before the church after we'd already baptized him in the church. Crying said, Brother, go on to church pray for me that I'll be able to, to learn how to read so I can read the Bible to my family. Well, I, I could read. 
I could read a long time ago. I was reading when I went to kindergarten. Well, Lord bless me with that. He couldn't read at all. But I wasn't any better than him. And look what a heart the Lord gave him to want to overcome that. So where do we stand? We're going to help you all we can. We're going to stand right with you. All right? So, verse 24. For our comely parts, better looking parts, have no need like the uncomely. But God hath tempered the body together. Oh, fellow, talking about, you know, men growing up and boys and all that. These teenage boys, they get where they want to try you. They all do. They do. They want to try you. I had a bunch out singing one time. I've uh, been to West Virginia singing in churches up there. Coming back on, bus was on I-64. Coming back. Got out, took a little break there, and it was dark. And all these boys, some of them big boys, they come, they're going to mess with me. They're going to get me. Well, the biggest one got me. Well, I knew I knew it was going down, but I turned him around. And when he hit the gravel, we hit the gravel, he hit the gravel, I hit him. I landed on him. He went, oh, like that. <laughs> this, uh, don't mess with an old man. I had one grab me one time, big college wrestler, and I was working. And he said, I'm going to get you, big man. I mean, he was a college wrestler. He was an athlete, you know. He said, I, I said, well, you might. A painting crew was around. We was down to coroner's office in Fayette County. Anyway, painting. And he was a coroner. He was deputy coroner. And a big fella, tall fella. And he said, I can get you. Time on to. I said, okay. I put my paint bucket down in my van, my brush, and I said, all right, let's go. And so we grappled there, and he's fast. I'm no athlete. Uh, and he he got around behind me. And he had, had uh, this arm. Yeah, he had this arm, and around my neck, he was behind me, and that big old head sticking up there. And I, he said, now I got you. I said, what are you going to do with me? <laughs> he said, I got you. I said, you going to keep me? He said, yeah, I can keep you. I said, really? He didn't know this hand was free. I went, Fum! I flipped him on that concrete, knocked the breath out of him. He got up and went in. I said, don't, there's too much meat for you to mess with me here, brother. You just don't do that. Well, anyway, when one, there, there should be no schism in the body. Uh, well, let me finish verse 24. But God a tempered, that's what I'm saying, tempered. When a man, when a boy grows up, he's got some strength, but he ain't tempered. That's why he can't last like a grown man can. He ain't been tempered, but God tempers all that when man becomes a grown man. That's why he can do more. Well, he's tempered, the, tempered all these pieces together. Well, Dave, you know how to temper steel. You know that, how you make a knife and you got a red hot and you put it in oil. And that, am I right there? And that tempers that steel, puts it where you can, where it'll hold an edge. What is what God does to his church? 
We temper us together. We learn how to we learn how to live together and work together and honor one another, having given more abundant honor to that part part which lacked. That there should be no schism. That's that's division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Now remember what he said about back in eleven, chapter eleven, that that one has nothing and other has too much, not considering each other. This is what he said. You've got to consider each other. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. That's why we're concerned about each other. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. I rejoice when any of our members graduate or do anything that, that, that uh, affects their life and those around them. Now he says, verse 27, Ye are... The body of Christ. Now, the litter is a body of Christ. Richmond Road Baptist Church. We are a body of Christ. There is no the body of Christ except for Christ. But we are a body of Christ and members in particular. But the universal invisible churches try to take that and say, uh, we're all the body of Christ. Well, let's see, what can that body do? Uh, I don't have a universal invisible bride. Do you, brother? I've got, you've got a local visible bride, don't you? you? You got one? You got one, don't you? Yeah, we, we've got local. You got one, Randy? Local visible, not, lo, not universal invisible. What are you going to do with that? that? Nothing. Well, let them go to that universal invisible church and get their paycheck. They don't want to do that. Anyway, and God has set some in the assembly, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, reiterating his delineation of the gifts. Except for God said in the church first apostles and secondarily prophets. Early on they had prophets. We don't have them now. Don't have apostles now. And so, but they had these gifts and they were for a purpose for a time. He says, now, are all apostles? Well, the obvious answer to that is no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. But you watch those charismatics. They try to get everybody speaking in tongues. Their, their brand of tongues. Anyway. Do all interpret? No. But he says covet. Desire earnestly the best gifts. Even when these gifts existed. These are the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And those gifts are faith, hope, and charity. We'll find that out in chapter 13. Now, we go to chapter 12 and then to chapter 13, chapter 14. Chapter 12, we've had the gifts delineated and some other vital, vital information in the 12th chapter. In chapter 13, we see the use of the gifts. In chapter 14, we see the abuse of the gifts. All right. 